listening this is another natural law podcast episode on anchor spotify this is episode 70 my name is bill hoy my website is willhoy.com w-i-l-l-h-o-e-y.com it's march 2022 like mid-march and once again natural law episode 70 and i'm bill hoy and I'm just usually every beginning of every episode I do a couple uh, mentions just uh, do some information maybe uh, cover some things from the past episode or I give some current events on what's going on in my life and uh, what's going on in America and the world and stuff like that and uh, last episode wanting to keep it short because I'm really trying to get through these lessons and I'm, I'm going to be I think I'm even going to be more brief uh, in this episode because I just really want to finish up this lesson and move on because I do have a lot of things I want to talk about and information I want to give you and I'll tell you, I'll tell you folks, the information I'm giving you is, is, is information that the ruling class just doesn't want people to know. And I mean, this information is a gift is, you know, it's a gift to me, but I, you know, as, as a person who has this information, it's my duty to share it. It's my duty to share it. And that's what I'm doing. So I really don't have much as far as current events uh, with myself or you know with my work. Um, and I'm just gonna mention just a couple current events that are happening now. Just just some quick mentions. I mean, I'll just I'll just say for starters. Um, I would like to mention how obvious the changing narrative is in the, in the media. For the past two years, the mainstream narrative has been constant with the SARS-2 shit, which is like the COVID-19 stuff. And now the narrative is, is completely Ukraine. And folks, I mean, it is so blatantly obvious. Once again... I'll say, folks, this is how nat natural law works. This is how natural behavior laws work. I mean, the slavery on this planet is is so massive. It's 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 
Well, like I mentioned in, in the last episode, the whole idea of, of, of human rulership, which is a human invented construct, it, it, it can't be hidden for long. The, 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 the complete, the human rulership, humans ruling over other humans is, is, can only go on for so long before people realize that it's not legitimate. And I mentioned that in the last episode. And once again, with what's going on, I mean, you know, I mean, what I'm trying is the best say is, is all of the stuff. I mean, even with the SARS two shit, I mean, everything is becoming so transparent and so obvious. And you know, with when I talk about like with the great rate reset, crew there, the WEF, Klaus Schwab and his cronies. I mean, they're just coming right out and saying that, you know, they want total control over everybody and that we'll like it. Don't worry about it. I mean, this is becoming so obvious and so in our faces and, and especially, I mean, look at the media. You want, you want to see obvious. This is why I'm mentioning this. You want to see obvious. You want to see how natural law works. Everything's coming out. Everything is coming out. You can't hide it. You can only conceal this. You can only conceal human slavery for so long. It's going to come out. Now, that doesn't mean that people are going to realize it and, and recognize it. I think more and more people are wising up, but not even near enough. But all this stuff is coming out. All this stuff is in our face. I, I've repeatedly said this. And once again, I mean, just think about it. Just stop and think about it for a second. For the past two years, the mainstream narrative has just been, we've just been showered with, with the SARS-2 shit. I mean, we've just been bombarded. And now all of a sudden, overnight almost, in a sense, I mean, very quickly. Overnight's an a, 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 expression of speech uh, uh, you know figure of speech but um extremely quickly the narrative is like completely ukraine now which is a terrible situation but i mean my point is to anyone who's really looking this this is so unbelievably blatantly obvious so unbelievably blatantly obvious and this is, you know, this has everything to do with natural behavioral laws. You can't hide human slavery for long. You can only hide it so long. And even if people don't want to think they're slaves, anyone who's taken an honestly honest look can see it like so blatantly. It's, it's just in our faces. So obvious. I'm going to move on because I want to be short. So just wanted to mention, I mean, think about how obvious this is. Think about how unbelievably obvious this is. For two years, once again, I'll say it one more time. For two years, the narrative has been all SARS-2, and now all of a sudden completely flips to Ukraine. Time to wake up. And then just another note, uh, I'm looking at some independent reports, uh, been listening to some radio shows and looking at some articles um, with information surfacing based on uh, 
Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, people call it, it's the acronym FOIA, F-O-I-A, uh, government uh, website there, uh, Freedom of Information Act, and there, there's Freedom of Information Act information that the power structure, and I've heard the Biden administration paid with uh, tax dollars, which is a euphemism, it's for stolen loot, the media to dramatize the SARS-2. And folks, yes, including Fox. How about that? Fox News. Hey, remember I played, uh, if anyone's listened to the past episodes where I played the Sean Hannity clip, where Sean Hannity says he believes in science and he believes in the science of vaccinations. I mean, no, you know, Sean Hannity didn't actually say go out and get the vaccine, but I mean, that's basically, I mean, you know, Sean Hannity with, with his reach, when he says he believes in the science and he believes in the science of vaccinations, I'm sure that was enough for, for, for a large majority of, of his listenership to go out and get that vaccine. I mean, you know, folks, I, I've been over this time and time again. Fox News, they're the better of the bunch, you know, Tucker Carlson and all that. They're the better of the bunch, but it's all corporate media, folks. And the people who run the corporate media, they have a club and we're not in it. I'm going to sip of my coffee. Yeah, they have a club, folks, and we're not in it. And yeah. I mean, once again, look into this for yourself, and this is what I'm seeing, you know, I didn't go to the FOIA website and look it up, but this is what I'm hearing, and you know what, folks, I, I'm just mentioning this, for something for you, if you want to, to take a look into, because folks, I really don't, I really don't care, really, to be honest with you, be whether it's you know true or what extent of it is true or, or whatever because folks i know that government is slavery and government is violence and i know that and and i know that the media even the better of the bunch like fox news with with uh tucker carlson it's all corporate media. It's all controlled. They're all, they're all dancing to the tune of, of their masters. Uh, you know, as a, it's a figure of speech, they're all, they're all doing their, their order followers. They're all doing what they're told. And once again, I've mentioned even Tucker Carlson at his best, he cloaks things, you know, he, he puts things in, in the, the context, uh, you know, he, he, he tailors his information in most cases in the context of the left-right divide, which that in itself is a divide-and-conquer strategy, okay? And just wanted to mention that, though. That's that's something I'm, I'm seeing. Once again, look into it for yourself. I haven't looked into the, you know, I haven't gone to the FOIA website, but that's what I'm hearing from credible sources. You know, I know one of the sources um, is very, very reliable and when they get information, they, you know, they heavily 
vetted uh, Dr. No and uh, Richard Gale, you know, when they put out information, mostly from what I've seen, they're, they heavily, uh, you know, check it and clear it and make sure it's good. But once again, I haven't checked it for myself. So I'm just, I'm just giving this to you as something for you to think about and something for you to look into for yourself and go to the FOIA website. And once again, like I said, it, it, whether it's come, you know, true or uh, not completely true, partially true, whatever, folks, I mean, this kind of stuff goes on all the time. Folks, it, it, we can never completely know what really goes on behind the scenes. And folks, the media is, is owned by the power structure. The media is just a mouthpiece for the power structure. It's just the truth. And you look at all the suffering. I've been I've been through it, so I don't want to go through it. All the suffering that's happened with this SARS-2 stuff. I've been through it once again. Like I said, I, I'm not, I don't want to go through it. I really want to wrap this up pretty much now and get into my lesson. But, um, you know, once again, like I said, I, I haven't gone to the FOIA website and completely verified it, but I, I could believe, you know, I would think that this could be true. Definitely. Wouldn't be surprised if it, if it was true. But folks, once again, government is slavery. Government is violence. And the media is a mouthpiece for the government. And the only true real government is self-government. I govern myself and I govern no one else and no one else governs me. But that's not what we have. People, people don't think that. People think government is a legitimate construct. So I'm just going to move on. Just wanted to give you that little piece of information, something for you to look into if you're interested, but I want to get into my lesson. Here we are. I'm uh, going to just cover, uh, you know, going through the self-defense principle here. And I'm going to just, I, I started touching on theme one here of my self-defense principle. And I've been through this before, you know, the self-defense principle, like I've mentioned in past episodes, <clears throat> but uh, I'm covering a couple themes. And I, I, I wanna hammer home this theme with the self-defense principle. And once again, I've talked a little bit about it in the last episode, but I'm, I'm gonna just go over it a little bit more and, and, and completely polish it here, completely, uh, Get out the information that I want to get out. Um, so, uh, you know, theme one, uh, when a society knows, understands, and aligns with the self-defense principle, this will create more freedom and peace with less violence. That's that's really what I want to hammer home, okay? And I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, but I, I want to go over this again. This is very important because people, you know, really think that we've been programmed by the power structure to, you know, in public schools by our parents who were parent programmed by their parents in public schools and all that shit and the television, um, that teaching people the self-defense principle actually will, we've been told, told by the power structure and in public schools that, that, that will create violence. And that's bullshit folks. That's bullshit. 
No, when people understand the self-defense principle, that's going to create freedom and peace. That's going to make people more peaceful. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to get into that. I think I'm just looking at my slide here. I'm going to get into that in the next bullet point and I'm going to, and I'm going to give an example in the next slide. And I just want to really hammer that home. And this is, this is a big theme here. Teaching people the self-defense principle, it will not, is not going to create violence. It's going to create more freedom and it's going to create peace. And it's going to decrease violence. And I'm going to explain this a little bit. I explained this a little bit in the last episode and I'm going to continue on explaining this. So let me just go right to my next bullet point. Keep in mind that the dual universal principles of non-aggression and self-defense work together. That's, that's your sacred masculine and sacred feminine principles. And I'm just trying to remember, I, if I, I know I've touched on this in the past, uh, but I, I don't think I touched on this in the last episode. The universal principle of non-aggression is, is a sacred feminine um, that's like the sacred feminine and the self-defense principle. That's the sacred masculine and These dual universal principles I've been over sacred feminine and sacred masculine But um these dual universal principles work together Do not initiate physical harm to another sentient being do not support the initiation of physical harm to another sentient being That's a non-aggression principle and then the, the self-defense principle is that we have the right to defend ourselves against anyone. Anyone, folks. Any, any person that initiates violence against, I'll just say me, all right, I'll use me. I have the right to, to defend myself against them, no matter who it is. No matter who it is. No matter if it's a so-called street gang member or uh, a government gang member. I have the right to defend myself. And we all have that right. And once again, that's not going to create more violence. That's going to create more freedom and peace. When we all know this, that's going to create more freedom and peace, not more violence. This is what the power structure doesn't want you to know. Okay, and the non-aggression principle and self-defense principle work together. They work in unison. And that's the, the whole basic, um, once again, non-aggression would be aligned with the sacred, sacred universal feminine uh, principles of Non, you know, non-aggression, do not initiate harm to others. And then the masculine, which is the right to defend oneself against an attack from anybody. And the key is to understand for our, our society and our world to understand both of these principles in unison. But once again, I'm 
mainly focusing, I've been through, I mean, the whole theme of this natural law episode, podcast episode series all, all the way has been the non-aggression principle. It's centered in the non-aggression principle. So I think, I think really personally, the non-aggression principle is the first step and the first principle to really try to get people to understand. But I mean, I'm on episode 70 here and I've definitely hammered home the non-aggression principle. So I really want to work on self-defense, which I've gone over before, but um, I really want to work on the self-defense uh, principle here. And this, this is a key. So, so basically I'm working, I'm teaching this lesson based on the understanding that pretty much I mean, if you're new and listening, you, you might not completely understand the non-aggression principle, but um, you may want to go a couple episodes back, or, or you know, start with my beginning episodes where I where I definitely describe the non-aggression principle. In fact, the whole first couple episodes of this podcast is going over the non-aggression principle heavily. I go over the non-aggression principle heavily because once again, that's the center. That's the center theme of my whole podcast. But I'm focusing on self-defense here. But once again, I just want to really hammer home that non-aggression and self-defense they work together hand in hand. They work together hand in hand. And I'm focusing on the self-defense principle because people mistakenly think that this promotes violence and this is absolute false this is absolutely false and what is violence well violence means to violate a person's right to remain free of physical harm that's violence that's not what that's not self-defense that's not self-defense folks when someone tries to engage in a let's say I'm gonna get into some examples but I just want to cover this a little bit this violence here and I've covered this before but I'm gonna cover it again I'm trying to put this all together and I'm gonna be I'm not gonna be going over this again in in detail anytime soon so I just want to put this all together I'm trying to put this all together when it comes to self-defense and so what is violence and violence means to violate a person's right to remain free of physical harm that's that's one definition of violence and that's not what self-defense is because if someone once again i'll put it into context of, of myself if someone attacks me and wants to physically assault me and starts putting their hands on me and and even say putting their hands on me and trying to put my arms behind my back so they can bind and tie my hands. That's an attack, folks. That's an assault. That's assault. If I don't want someone to bind and tie my hands, as long as I'm not initiating harm to anyone, there's no reason for me to be physically accosted and have my hands tied behind my back. Especially if something, someone wants to do that to me because I 
made a mistake on my fucking tax returns or something, or, or, or I was choosing to ingest a, a substance into myself or not wanting to ingest a substance into myself. That's especially, you know, especially, but if someone, if I don't feel like having someone touch me and put their hands on me and, and, and bind and take my hands and bind bind them together behind my back that's an assault folks and and once again i'm not initiating harm i haven't initiated harm in this case that's violence okay and i kind of lost my track because i got a little messed up here but I just wanted to make sh make that clear that you know even something like someone taking your hands and, and, and you know if I don't want my hands to be binded together and tied behind my back and somebody says well this is what's going to happen to you you know I I'm going to bind and tie your hands behind your back that's an assault and and I have the right to resist that I have the right to 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 run away from that I have the right to resist that and I have the right to fight against that and that's violence and when I choose to either run away resist fight that's not violence the violence the violence is the initiation okay Violence is an initiation. Uh, like in school, I've been over this. Like in like in school, when two kids get in a fight, and you know the they go to the principal's office, and the you know the one kid says, "Oh, he started. It. He he hit me first. And then, like the for you know just an example the principal will say well it doesn't matter who hit who first and i've been over this on my podcast that's bullshit it absolutely matters who hit who first that's all that matters that's all that matters is who hit who first because whoever who hit who first the the person who initiated the person who struck a physical uh, uh, you know, th say through a fist and hit whoever hit who first is the person that engaged in the violence. And then whoever responded to that violence was engaging in self-defense. But see the power structure, the propagandists want us all to think. And like I mentioned in public schools, that's where this, this whole belief starts that that's all violence and that's bullshit. And, and like I mentioned, the propaganda in public schools, that, that's what they teach in public schools. Oh, both people were engaging in violence. Incorrect. Whoever initiated the physical harm is the one who engaged in the violence. And I'm just going to make a quick little mention here. When is violence not violence in a case of if someone's already initiated harm to another? Okay. For example, like, say, in a situation where 
someone has initiated harm to another being and somebody wants to bind and tie their hands, like the police, obviously, if you can figure out that I would be referring to the police binding and tying my hands, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to dodge that, you know, I, I'll be upfront about that. When police want to bind and tie people's hands behind their back, and and if I were to refuse, the police are going to want to the police are going to assault me. They're going to say, "No, you're we're going to bind and tie your hands, whether you like it or not." And that's violence, okay? And I have the right to defend myself again. I have the right to flee from that. I have and I have the right to fight. But but especially especially once again if I have never I haven't initiated harm. So I just want I just want to make that clear, okay? I, I I didn't want to make it look like I'm trying to dodge it or being afraid. Oh no, they're gonna they're, you know, Spotify is gonna cancel me. It, it, you know, they're gonna fucking cancel me. You're gonna fucking cancel me, man. You know. But once again, I just want to make mention this quickly. Once again, I haven't lost my train of thought. I, I'm getting right back to it. Just bear with me. This is this is a lot of stuff here. It's a lot of information. Um, and that's why I'm putting it out in video form for anyone who could see it so you can look into it for yourself. <clears throat> but um, what about when someone does initiate harm and the police want to bind and tie that person's hands and, and, and punish that person for their initiation of harm, which once again, I'm not a supporter of the current system of what we call policing, okay? But... I don't feel sorry for anyone who's initiated. I've been over this. I don't feel sorry for anyone who's initiated aggression against somebody. You know, you initiate aggression against somebody, you need to be punished. I mean, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I think anyone who initiates aggression against somebody should be killed. That'll teach people a lesson. Once again, I mean, killed, you know, the person's already initiated aggression. I'll give you an example. Um, in Newark, New Jersey, I'm from New Jersey, United States. Um, there was a, a young man, uh, that my wife knew as a child. And this young man was playing, uh, he was doing, uh, what's called a knockout. It's called a knockout game. And this, this young man was going around and, and, sucker punching people, just walking up to them when the person's not looking and, and knocking them out, doing that to old people. He's a fucking scumbag. But what happened was, um, this, this young man was killed. He was shot and killed. Obviously he punched the wrong grandmother and the person who, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but if this was the case, but this very well could have been the case. Somebody definitely shot him and killed him that that that's the truth that that i know but more than likely this this kid punched the wrong grandmother and and the 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 uh, probably grandson grandchild of the grandmother killed him shot him killed him and many you know many people were in the neighborhood were saying you know, oh you know i i you know we're feeling bad for for the for the kid that's going around knocking out old people. 
and and thinking that oh that wasn't the right thing to do it was absolutely the right thing to do i don't feel sorry for that kid that was doing the knockout stuff at all and he was out initiating aggression and he needed to be stopped and he was stopped and i'm all for it and that wasn't violence because the not the the kid that was doing the knockout stuff was already initiating aggression and somebody had to stop him and really folks what do the police do yeah the police will i mean it, 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 it suppose it situation will want to bind and tie his hands arrest him and, and take him to a jail and what happens to the, to this to this you know kid in jail he you know all his buddies are there and he gets you know free meals and you know good wi-fi service and you know chilling out in jail that's eh, not even punishment man i'm not saying that jail isn't these American jails aren't hell, you know, hellacious places. They're they're absolutely hellacious places. They're horrible. Point I'm making is most of these kids on the street, young people, young adults, <clears throat> adults, um, aren't even when when the criminal justice system doesn't even really punish them. Because what happened, that kid was shot, you know, that young person, that, I think he was just about like 18 or, or I think he was like 18, 19, 20, something like that, young man. The correct action was to eliminate him from this earth because he was initiating aggression. Okay, and the criminal justice system doesn't even punish people effectively. And... That wasn't violence. When when that wasn't violence, the, the the person shooting the knockout guy wasn't engaging in an act of violence. He was because the knockout guy had already initiated the aggression, <clears throat> and the knockout guy needed to be punished. And folks, I'll tell you, you initiate aggression. I'm all for putting you down. I'm all for putting you down. I'm not talking about children or anything, okay? want to be clear. I'm talking about people. I'm talking, I'm not talking about small children, okay? When children initiate harm, children can still be worked with and taught and shown the right way. But I'm talking about people in the young adult area and up you initiate violence you initiate violence i have no problem with, with you being taken out and you want to talk about a deterrent that's a deterrent that's a deterrent the next young the next young man who who decides they they want to play knockout game may think to themselves hey you know what i could be killed Maybe I shouldn't do this. I mean, forget about that. It's fucking immoral and you shouldn't go around hitting people, initiating violence. But anyway, um, I don't think this is, you know, I tend to go off on tangents, but I don't think this is a tangent. I think this has everything to do with the lesson. I think this has everything to do with my lesson. I think I'm on point here. You know, violence is an initiation of aggression. And going back to what I was starting with, the police 
and what I wanted to make a quick mention of, and I'm going to get to this, is um, when police arrest, initiate, you know, initiate physical force, whether it's violence or actually, in a sense, self-defense because they're apprehending a person who has already initiated violence. When is that violence? When is that not violence? And I'm going to be getting into that. That's why I don't want to get too deeply into this. I didn't go too far off on that tangent because I just wanted to really describe what violence is. But um, I'm going to get to that. You know what? I'm, I'm not even going to start talking about a, a little mention. I, I, I'm just going to stick with, I'm just going to stick with this. But I am going to get to that. I'm, I'm going to be working on solutions for society where. We can walk that tightrope between effective punishment and violence. We, we can walk that tightrope. We can walk that tightrope the right way. We, we can get there. We can get there in our society. We can do this, but I'm going to get to that. But once again, like I said, with the knockout kid, that's an initiation of violence. And the person who shot him, that was not violence. That person was administering self-defense. Really, that's self-defense. That's punishment. That's proper punishment. And once again, when people know and understand that they could be killed for initiating aggression, that's not going to cause more violence. That's going to cause less violence. And so once again, what is violence? Violence means to violate a person's right to remain free of physical harm. Violence is also the violation. See, it's a violation. Violate, violation, violence. There you go. Violence is the violation of a person's right to make moral free will choices. When someone coerces or threatens someone which inhibits them which the person being threatened and coerced has to make a decision to either engage in a moral free will choice or not, because there could be certain punishments up to and including violence, which is violence. So the presence of physical harm is not always the definition of violence. It's almost like violence is like stealing. Stealing a person's ability to make free will choices, stealing, uh, you know, theft, stealing a person's physical property, uh, 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 assault, stealing a person's ability to remain uh, physically unharmed. Same with murder, stealing someone's life, rape, stealing someone's ability to make free will sexual choices, steal it, taking something that's not yours. So the violence, the violator, is taking something that's not theirs. So once again, the knockout kid was taking something that wasn't his. Those old people that were standing there on the street corner just minding their business, going about their day, and all of a sudden they get knocked out. The kid that knocks them out is stealing that elderly person's right to remain unharmed. And then 
he was this kid was doing this throughout the community amongst other violent things uh, other violent things and the person who who shot him was stopping this person from from stealing people's moral free will to, to pe people's uh, right to remain free of physical harm and that person who was who was doing the knockouts the young man who was doing the knockouts had forfeited their right to remain free of physical harm when you engage in violence you are now forfeiting your right to remain free of physical harm once again talking about with with the police when a person engages in violence and then the police come later after the fact to arrest them they that's actually in a you know when the police actually act in line with the with these principles because the person already initiated harm so the police are apprehending you know apprehending you know binding and tying the person's hands and taking them to a cage which once again i prefer the other punishment take them out but I'm going to get to this stuff. Okay, I'm going to get to this. I I, I got I'm working I'm working insanely on solutions, man. Walking the tightrope. I'm I'm going to get to that on solutions here. Because we can we can do these things. We can all do these things. We can have people in our society that do these things that that punish people for initiating violence. We can do these things. And we can walk that tightrope between true self-defense and punishment for transgressions and violence. We can walk that tightrope. We can do it right. We can do this right, folks. But once again, when a person initiates violence, they are forfeiting their right to remain free of physical harm. They don't teach us in fucking school, man. and these are universal rights okay these are universal rights and these apply to all these apply to the citizenry and they apply to people in, in government because what are people in government what are law enforcers i've been over this uh, in the last episode what are police police are people government is people or people just like us they're just people. Folks, even the founding fathers of America, they're just people. I don't worship them like they're gods. They're just people. They did good things and they, you know, they did fucked up things. Once again, with the founding fathers, they presented to the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence, these truths here that I'm talking about with the self-defense principle, which is what the Second Amendment is based in. I think I'm, I'm going to get to that. Um... Uh, you know, our, you know, to the founders were self-evident. It says it, and, you know, we find these truths to be self-evident in the Declaration of Independence, American Declaration of Independence. Um, so, once again, I mean, they're just people. Going back to the police, government people, they're just, they're people too. And even though they're participating in a cult, I mean, folks, really, a government 
government and police, I've been over this, they're cults. They're cults. Their behaviors, either, in, you know, they, the people, the members of these organizations, governments and law enforcement, you know, government and law enforcement facilitate, participate in and support the initiation of violence to people. That's a cult. That's why you see a lot of these these police. I've been over this. You don't really know your your policemen. I mean, once again, where do the police come from? They come from us. I've been over this. There are brothers, sisters, family members, friends. But then again, you really don't know them because they're they're a part of a a cult. They're a part of a, a club. They have a club. The police have a club. And if you're not a policeman, you're not in the club. They have a club and you're not in it if you're not a policeman. And these individuals are isolated. They, they tend to, I mean, not completely, but they tend to isolate themselves more. I mean, um, I was listening to a radio show, uh, uh, a video show the other day. Uh, it, it was David Icke. David Icke was talking about how he remembers back when he was younger, the police were more community-oriented and they, they were more friendly and more more a part of the community, whereas now they're much more isolated in, in their cult. And I was thinking the same thing. I've talked about that before. I've talked about that before in my uh, past episodes. I've noticed that too. They're much more isolated in, into their own cult. So just wanted to just talk a little bit about that, but that's violence, okay? That's violence and once again, I'll just cover it again. Violence means to violate a person's right to remain free of physical harm. Violence is the violation of a person's right to make moral free will choices. And the presence of physical harm is not always the definition of violence. Once again, stealing someone's free will is an act of violence. And I've been over that. I've been over that with going, you know, uh, going to the emergency care, taking my loved one to an emergency care, and they pushed their worldview on my loved one. And once again, my loved one complied. So I don't know what would happen if they didn't comply. But I've read in many articles where people were turned away from medical care because they refused to comply with uh, wearing a mask or wanting to take a COVID test or whatever the fuck. Okay, that's violence. So when people start to understand the self-defense principle, they will be able to see government violence, even if they're still not courageous enough to stand up to it. And that's a big one. That's what this is about. Folks, this isn't about, I, I fully, I would love it if this would happen, but I'm not naive. I know, I understand that people aren't just going to start looking into this and then all of a sudden tomorrow we're going to, we're going to be living in a society that knows, understands and aligns with natural behavior laws. I'm, I'm not naive. But at least if people just started, once again, it, it, just because you start learning the self-defense principle doesn't mean that, you know, the, the next time a policeman tries to give you a ticket, you, you fight them. I wouldn't do that. If a policeman pulls me over and they're going to give me a ticket, I'm going to take the ticket and I'm going to pay the fucking ticket. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, not going to make a scene. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to try to drive away or anything. I'm going to get to that. But, I mean... You know, people think, oh, no, I know this stuff, so now I have to go out and fight the government. No, you don't. You don't have to do that. <laughs> you 
once again, what is the government? Government is most most of the people that are in government are are, are people just believing in a fucking religion. We need to we need to get to their minds. Folks, the whole entire idea of this podcast is reaching people's minds so we can have a shift in consciousness and so we can avoid people being physically harmed. I mentioned this repeatedly and I mentioned this in the last episode. I don't want war. I do not want war. War is awful. I've never been in a war, but I, I, I know enough about it. I've read enough about it and I trained for a war. I know what could potentially happen. I was in the death cult of the U.S. military. All militaries are death cults, not just the U.S. military. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, just because you start learning these things doesn't mean that you, you, you have to go guns up. <laughs> in fact, I would suggest you don't do that. I've always suggested, I, I, I'll be honest with you folks, I've suggested... I mean, this is, this is, I, I don't know if I really want to get into this because this could take a lot of time. Um, but I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll be blunt with you. Anyone who decides to fight against any kind of law enforcement, whatever they are, if it's police, local, state, uh, county, you know, prosecutor's office, or if it's like a uh, government agency, uh, DHS, uh, IRS, Anyone who decides to physically fight against any law enforcer that wants to apprehend him, keep in mind, not trying to, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Okay. I'm telling you the truth. If you decide to fight against a law enforcer, you're going to be fighting against, I'll say just about 260 million Americans. Because once again, folks, I've been over, you know, I, I've been over these kind of concepts. If say, uh, street gang member comes over to your house and wants to take you away and put you in a cage and you fight against the person and your neighbors see that your neighbors are going to come and help you fight the gang member but if but if a government law enforcer comes to your home and wants to take you away and put you in a cage and you fight that person your neighbors are going to rush to help the law enforcer not you or at least not get involved or I can tell you this, you fight against any kind of law enforcement, keep in mind, you're going to be fighting against 200, about 260 million people. Forget about all the law enforcers in this country. You're fighting against 260 million people because any, anytime a person sees a police officer in, in, I mean, in most cases, unless they're afraid, any time a person sees a law enforcer in a physical struggle against somebody, the first instinct for all people is going to be to help the law enforcer. I'm just telling you the truth. So once again, <clears throat> just because you start learning the self-defense principle, it, you know, it doesn't mean it, it you just, what it's going to help the idea of this lesson, okay, is to help people to start understanding that they have the right to defend themselves against anyone, okay? And what this will help to, what this will help a person do is start to be able to see government violence for what it is, and then we can have an awakening in consciousness. 
And as we awaken in consciousness, the more people awaken in consciousness, then the, the law enforcers engaging in various violence, like what's going on in New Zealand right now, you know, New Zealand, uh, a lot of protests going on and the law enforcers are, are breaking up the peaceful protests and stuff like what happened in Canada. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. People will start to see. And as more and more people in society start to see the law enforcers, because once again, where do law enforcers come from? Law enforcers come from the people. So as more and more people see this, the law enforcers will start to see this. And maybe we can all start seeing government violence for what it is. Okay. You know, once again, just because you learn this doesn't mean you're obligated to resist if, if a policeman pulls you over and wants to give you a ticket. Like I said, policeman pulls me over and wants to give me a ticket, I'm gonna I'm gonna comply and I'm gonna take my ticket and I'm pay my ticket and that'll be it. I won't like it. It's it's extortion. Depending on what happens, like even if a person, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jump forward to this. I, I, I was gonna, I know this is in, in one of my next bullet points, but I'm just gonna jump to this. Even if a policeman pulls me over and says, "Hey, your, uh, your, say my, you know, your insurance is, uh, 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 fucking, you know, the insurance card uh, is, is not up to date," and I. You know, the policeman says to me, oh, I, I have no choice. I have to to impound your car. I, I'm, I'm not going to resist. I'm, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to be upset. And, and I may say to the police officer, hey, you know, you, you know, you are stealing my car. I just want to let you know that, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to let him, I'm going to let the police officer and keep in mind the tow truck driver doesn't is is not off the hook on this okay the tow truck driver really actually the tow truck driver is actually the person stealing your car you know what i'm going to i'm, I'm going to get to this but once again folks if police pull me over and want to give me a ticket i'm going to take the ticket and i'm going to pay it if the police pull me over and they want to steal my car and they want me to go pay an extortion fee to get it back i'm, I'm going to do that i'm not going to resist i'm not going to flee i'm not going to fight i'm not going to do any of that the idea is once again once people start to understand the self-defense principle in 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 conjunction with non-aggression but the self-defense principle, people will start being able to see government violence for what it is, even if they're still not courageous enough to stand up to it. When I say stand up to it, I just mean doing what I'm doing. I'm standing up to it. I'm standing up to it by speaking out. That's how we stand up to this. We stand up to this by speaking out. And the more folks, the power structure knows this. They know this. <clears throat> they know this is an information war. They know this is in our minds. They know un and understand natural behavior laws, the, the higher up power structure. I've been through all that. They know this. And they know as more and more people begin to understand this, that will create more freedom and peace, not more violence. Government wants violence, folks. Government wants violence. I mentioned in last... Uh, the last episode you want violence go to the mainstream media 
You're not going to get violence on natural natural law with Bill Hoy. You're not going to get violence here. You're going to get information that will lead all of us, if we can all start knowing, understanding, and aligning with it, with freedom and peace. And once again, as people start to understand this more, they'll 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 be able to see through. They'll be able to see violence for what it is by from anyone, no matter who it is. They'll be able to see that it's violence because they'll know who was the initiator. They'll know, oh, the police are, are, are arresting somebody. Well, what did the person do? Oh, they just had some, some heroin on them. That's violence. They'll be able to recognize it. But then they'll be able to see, oh, the police are arresting somebody. Oh, what did he do? Oh, he murdered someone. Okay. The police are stopping a person who initiated aggression. People will be able to start to understand and see things. And that's where walking the tightrope comes in. I'm going to, I'm going to get to that. That's where walking the tightrope comes in, walking that tightrope between truly punishing someone, true self-defense and violence, walking that tightrope. We can walk that tightrope. We can stay on the, on the right side, walking the tightrope between wrong and right. It's a Stevie Ray Vaughan song by Stevie Ray Vaughan. He says, walking the tightrope between wrong and right, walking the tightrope every day and every night. And we can do that. We got to start walking the tightrope and we got to walk that tightrope and stay on the side of self-defense and, 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 and punishment for initiation of aggression and stay away from violence. Folks, once again, I don't want to fight at all. I'll tell you right now, folks, if it comes down to me having to fight, I'm going to run before I fight anybody. If I got an opportunity, the first thing I'm going to look to do is run. Especially if it's just me in a situation, I'm going to run before I fight. We'll move on. But once again, that's what this is about. That's what theme one's about, folks. It's about being able to see government violence for what it is. That's, that's how we, that's how we do this. This is not about trying to incite a war. I don't want a war. I'm trying to prevent a war and this is how we do it. And the power structure knows as people start understanding both dual principles, but the, you know, mainly what I'm talking about is the self-defense principle. People will be able to see violent, government violence, all violence for what it is. And that's a start. That's how we start elevating our consciousness. Yeah, I might need another episode for this. This is, this is a lot of information. This is a lot of information. So I'm actually a little more even keel in this episode. Last episode, I was a bit vitriolic, <laughs> uh, slightly, but so I'm still going over theme one here. So let's continue with theme one. So most people here, here we go. This is what I was talking about. Okay, most people think that self-defense against a law enforcer is only correct to consider in extreme situations. So, 
let's look let's look at a comparison between a police officer stealing a car and a carjacker stealing a car right the police officer stealing a car in the case of like what, what i mentioned with my insurance card being out, uh, you know out of date and once again once again the tow truck driver is actually really the one actually stealing the car keep that in mind the police officer really actually is the facilitator of the situation the tow truck driver is the one that's actually committing the crime although the policeman is also a part of the theft but the tow truck driver is actually the one stealing a car and then once again are there times where a police officer should have a tow truck driver uh <clears throat> take a car yeah if there's if a car is abandoned and it's in the middle of the road and it, it's a, it's an obstruction and it's a possible safety hazard sure and and no one no one can can remove it sure i mean i can absolutely see a police officer saying hey look let's remove this uh hey tow truck driver come on and take this car I can absolutely see that, but that's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about a police officer um, saying, "Hey, your insurance card is, is no good. All right, let me. I'm, you know, we're going to have to tow your car. Okay, tow truck driver comes in. So both the police officer and the, the tow truck driver are stealing your car, and and you have the right to fight the tow truck driver as well. Um, once again, the right, the right, folks, the right. I'm not telling anybody to go fight. I'm not telling anybody to fight anyone." Okay, I'm not telling anybody to fight anyone. I'm saying the right, once again, like I just mentioned in the last bullet point, as people start understanding that we have the right to defend ourselves in any time we're attacked by anyone, even if it's a fucking, even if it's a fucking alien that comes down on a, 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 a you know, an extraterrestrial spaceship comes down and they want to they start putting their hands on you you have the right to kill them too that's it's universal in fact I, i'd be willing to bet more than likely the the extraterrestrials will know will, will know and understand these laws because that's how you know they've advanced in consciousness to where they can travel to cosmos because they understand these natural behavior laws they understand these dual principles just just you know i don't know that for sure but <clears throat> I've been over, I, I don't want to get too deeply into that. I've been through that. Um, but once again, so like I said, if a police officer wants to steal my car, I'm going to allow it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to resist in any way. And I'll try to talk to the officer. I'm not going to verbally bash the officer. And even if it was a serious situation where I really felt threatened, if, if I'm going to escalate the situation, I'm not going to wait till after the officer steals my car and then complain and cry and all that stuff. If I'm going to handle the situation, it's going to be handled while the crime is being committed against me. That's really what I'm trying to say with uh, that last quote. But, I mean, last... Uh, and part of the bullet point but once again i've been over this a little bit so i'm just going to go i'm just going to continue with the, the comparison between a police officer stealing a car and a carjacker stealing a car okay the really to to, to make it simple police you know people think that the police officer has a right to steal the car where people don't think that the carjacker uh has the right to steal the car and um I'm just looking at my bullet points here because I, I think I get to this. All right, I'm just gonna 
get into this because I, 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 I'm sure I put a bullet point up about this. Um, but once again, so we have a police officer stealing a car and a carjacker stealing a car. Okay. Yes, I do get to this, but this is going to be, all right. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember where, you know, keep track of my bullet points. People think that the, the police officer has the right to steal the car where people don't have to think the, the carjacker has the right to steal a car. Okay. And when a police officer steals a car, you know, like when a carjack, let's start with the carjacker. When a carjacker steals your car, you know, they, they run right up to you, put their gun in your face, give me your car, motherfucker. You know, you know, that kind of stuff, like intense, real loud, mean, calling, you know, give me your car, bitch, you know, all that kind of stuff with their gun in your face and they're running up on you real hard, real fast, real vicious. But when a police officer wants to steal a car, you know, they walk up to you. Hi, how you doing today, sir? Uh, license, registration, insurance, please. Um, uh, uh, sir, just uh, wanted to uh, let you know that, uh, yeah, your insurance card is uh, out of date. And unfortunately, unless you have another insurance card, uh, we're going to have to tow your car because you, your car cannot be on the road um, without uh, uh, insurance. And I have no way to actually prove whether your car is insured or not. The only way I have to prove that is is your uh, car insurance uh, uh, card. So unfortunately, if you don't have another card that says that your car insurance is, is, is uh, up to date, I'm going to have to steal your car and then... You know, you just uh, go down to the, go down to the, you know, the, the, the police lot, the, the, the tow truck lot and uh, show your, uh, your insurance card that's up to date to the, the person at the desk and pay a fee and you'll get your car back. So there you have it. You know, the police officer doesn't run up to you. Give me your car, bitch, motherfucker. You know, they, they don't have to. <clears throat> Because people think the police officer has the right to do that to you. Whereas people don't think the carjacker has the right to do that to you. So, you know, you're not going to see a carjacker come up to you. Yeah, hey, how you doing, sir? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm a carjacker and uh, I, I would like to steal your car. So if you could just please get out of your car and uh, uh, so I can so I can uh, steal it from you and uh, uh and, you know, you get out to let the carjacker steal your car and the carjacker, you know, gets in your car and says, thank you. Ha have a nice day, sir. And he drives away with your car. It doesn't happen like that. The carjacker has to come up to you, to you. The carjacker has to bum rush you and get in your face and put a gun in your face or the police officer doesn't even have to draw his firearm on you. How about that? How about that? Imagine stealing, being able to steal something from somebody and you, you don't even have to point a gun at them. You don't even have to threaten them. A police officer doesn't even have to threaten you. They just walk up to you. Yeah, you know, like I said, how you doing today, sir? Uh, license, registration, insurance. Yeah, we're just going to have to take your car. All right, sir, if you could just step out. Eh, if you'd like, sir, I'll give you a ride home. If, you know, that kind of shit. You know? It's theft. It's extortion. Both people are stealing from you. But once again... When we live in a society where we, you know, you know, we're not walking the tightrope proper, properly, I'm going to get to that. I, I'm, I'm going to do a series on walking the tightrope. That's a solution series, okay, to, to, to stop stuff like this. 
I want to prevent stuff like this from happening. I don't want people stolen. I don't want people's cars stolen from a police officer and a, and, and a tow truck driver or a carjacker. Okay. And I'm trying, th there's better ways to, to, to do these things. Okay. But once again, th there's your comparisons, you know, it's insane. I mean, a police, you know, once again, it's because what's the underlying cause of it? It's because people believe that the police officer has a right to do what they do. And then, of course, you know, the, I'm going to the next bullet point. Um, I'll say in the media, in public schools, from propaganda, most people focus on rhetoric that suggests fighting against police officers physically. What do I mean? That? What I mean is people get so over-focused on that. You know, oh, he's, he's saying fight, fight against police officers. I'm, once again, I, I've mentioned this. I'm not suggesting anybody fight against police officers. Okay. I'm not suggesting anybody fight against a police officer. And I'm telling you right now, I'll, I can say this, if a, once again, if a police officer pulls me over, they want to give me a ticket, I'm going to comply. If a police officer pulls me over and says my whatever credentials are not up to date and they got to take my car, the tow truck driver is going to take my car and I'm going to have to pay a fee to get my car back and stuff, I'm going to comply. I comply. I comply w w with pretty much everything. But I've been over situations where I, I don't really see myself wanting to comply. Like, I'll give the extreme example, you know, people coming around house to house saying, you know, time to go to your quarantine camp. I'm not complying with that. But I mean, I'm talking about normal daily, you know, stuff. I, I, I comply. So I want to be very clear with you, folks. But what happens is people, <clears throat> the media... They focus, like, like they focus on oh, this you know the fighting against police officers physically, and even even people when they start when they start um, looking into this information, they focus so much on on fighting against police officers, but but nobody ever stops to think about what what about just trying to flee from the aggression of a police officer, because like I mentioned, you know, minutes ago, I will try to flee before I fight in any altercation. You know, I'll try to flee first, if it, especially if it's just me and I have no one else to be concerned about, like a loved one, I, I'm going to run. But once again, people don't even think, people in our, I'll speak for Americans, but this is worldwide, um, people don't even think that they, I guess I'll say they themselves, Ha or anyone else has the right to even flee from a police officer. Folks, how many instances have there been of, uh, I'll use, I think it was Chicago. I mean, there's been several instances of this. I think there's been one recently. Um, but uh, in Chicago, uh, uh, a young girl, she was like, I think she was like 12 years old tried to run from a policeman. The policeman pulled out his uh, firearm and shot her right in the back of the head, executed her. And of course, she had dark, her skin color was dark. 
Not saying that dark-skinned people are the only people that get shot by the police. Light-skinned people get shot by police as well. But when it comes to generally, uh, you, you know, generally speaking, in the U.S., people with dark skin usually uh, suffer worse than people with light skin in situations dealing with the cultural institutions, I'll say that. But, um, you know, what about just trying to flee? People don't even think we have the right to flee from a police officer. I mean, it's crazy. And then, this is what I wanted to talk about. I was looking for this bullet point. Um, police are trained to be aware of the potential for a person that they pull over to fight them. That's, that's a part of their training. In fact, a part of their training, it's actually cult indoctrination. Police are shown over and over again situations where uh, police officers are murdered by people they pull over. Pull over. And I'm no advocate of that. But I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't support that at all. I want to make that very clear. Because once again, you know, this stuff definitely gets twisted. This stuff gets twisted. This is about self-defense, folks. Self-defense. Okay? But police are shown videos of that over and over. And that's really not so much. That's really to instill fear. That's a cult indoctrination tactic. That's to instill fear in them. To get them into that mindset of it's them versus us. That any one of us could kill them. And, and that, that is true. I mean, anytime a policeman pulls somebody over, you know, they could find themselves in, in a fight for their life. Keep in mind that the police officer is initiating, but I'm not, once again, I, I, folks, this is not about trying to start a war. This is about peace. Once again, when we start understanding the self-defense principle, that's going to lead to more freedom and peace and much less violence. And that's what this is about. This is about solutions. This whole podcast series has been about solutions and it's been about peaceful solutions. Peaceful. So, once again, <clears throat> police are trained to be aware of the potential for a person to pull over to fight them. But, see, here's the problem, okay? I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm just trying to remember what I was really trying to hammer home with this. I mean, the next sentence is, police need to understand that people have the right to defend themselves, okay? And that's true. And that's a part of that's a part of creating more freedom and peace, okay? But that's not what I was really trying to point out here. Um, see, the police... Here's the point. Police are trained to be aware. I, I know I said this again, but I have to say this again. Okay. I know I've said this before, but I got to say this again. Police are trained to be aware of the potential for a person that they pull over to fight them. But what they don't understand, you know, what they don't know is that in many cases, the person may have the right to fight them. That's what they don't know. That's what they're not taught. That's what they don't know. They're just put into that fear mode. Their training 
puts them into that fear mode and indoctrinates them into a mindset of us versus them. And they just think, oh my God, anytime I pull somebody over, they might try to kill me. And that is true. You know, that is a, that is a serious threat. You know, that is a threat. But once again, keep in mind, the police are initiating the contact. But once again, if someone's, if someone's already initiated aggression and the police initiate the contact with that person, the police are in the right if they're trying to stop that person. If, they're, if their intent is, hey, this person's initiated aggression, let's stop them and let's, let's punish them for initiating aggression. They're, they're in the correct. But once again, keep in mind, folks, this is about solutions. I'm trying to work inside the box. I've been over this before. If all of a sudden today there were no more police, they all quit their jobs and no one else uh, decided they wanted to be police, I would be just fine with that. Um, the police, no policeman can ever be a truly good person. Truly moral meaning, good meaning moral, because they work for an order following organization. And even if they're what, you know, I've been over this, even if they're quote unquote good, good cops that don't, you know, that they're not ball busters and they're not psychopaths that enjoy harming people. They just want to, you know, keep peace and, 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 you know, keep society, you know, from, you know, just, just the, the whole good cop, cop concept. Okay. And even those policemen are still part of an order following organization and they don't do anything for the most part to stop the officers that are enforcing, at minimum, forcing tyrannical rules against people. Okay, so I want to be clear about that. But once again, police are trained to be aware for, <clears throat> you know, that they could be hurt if they pull somebody over, and that that is that is a that is a legitimate concern. And but you see, what the police don't understand is, depending on what the policeman is pulling them over for. Okay, like if a policeman stops someone because they're driving like a fucking asshole and they could hurt somebody, I can certainly understand that. If, if the policeman stops someone because they're, you know, they're wasted and, you know, they, you know, they're, they're drunk and high or something and they could hurt someone, I can certainly understand stopping that person. Hey, you could hurt someone. I, I can certainly understand that person, you know, being stopped. Okay, I can certainly understand that. <clears throat> but what I'm talking about is just generally in most cases when people when police stop somebody it's not because a person is an actual threat it's not because a person is initiated aggression it's not because a person is driving like an asshole or or they're drunk or or then they could you know hurt someone okay it, most of the time it's for frivolous shit you know their taillights out and i mean hey you know i mean I, i've had police in my town pull me over for a taillight out and, and almost every time they just tell me hey I'm just letting you know your taillights out you know just so you don't get a ticket or something and I mean you know and once again that's nice and that's what I would consider to be a good cop but once again good no policeman can ever be truly moral unless they either quit their job or at minimum refuse to enforce any law that initiates 
violence to another person or initiates aggression or violates somebody's rights at minimum. But really, it'd be best if they all quit their jobs. And once again, I got solutions. I'm, I'm going to be talking about this and walking a tightrope. Um, once again, we could have people that do all the good things that police do in our society, folks, and we don't even have to call them police. Um, but that takes responsibility. That that has you know the responsibility falls on all of us, not just not just the people who are the as I put in quotes uh, police like people, okay, or people that do police duties, or if you want to call them police in your community, call them fucking police, okay. But I'm gonna get to that, okay. But once again, what's what the police don't understand is that in most cases. Well, how can I best say this? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna finish it with this, okay? Police, once again, they're trained to be aware. Hey, you know this person could kill you, okay? When you pull them over, and once again, cult indoctrination tactic. I've been over that, but that is a legitimate concern, like I mentioned as well. But what they don't understand is that people have the right to defend themselves. That's the big key. That's the big key that police don't understand. They don't understand that people have the right to defend themselves. And if they did start to understand that, I've been, I touched on this a little bit in the last episode. If they did start to understand that, that would create less violence, not more. That's what understanding the self-defense principle is all about. Creating, creating more freedom and peace with less violence. You know what, folks? We could really live in a society with no violence at all. I really do actually think, or almost none. I really do think that is possible, but I mean, you know, probable? No, definitely not. Um, but that's why I do this, because I, I want to prevent that. But yeah, just want to, you know, police don't understand that people have the right to defend themselves. That's a key. That's a key component. Moving on. So now I'm just going to talk about theme two here of the self-defense principle. And um, I discussed it a little bit in the previous slide. And that is we can have people who perform the beneficial duties that police do. We do not have to call them police. The idea and this is basically the sum of theme too. The idea is to have police, if that's what you want to call them, in freedom, okay? And freedom with the understanding of the natural, the non-aggression the non principle and the self-defense principle will lead to peace, okay? And this is, this is the sum of theme too. The idea is to have police and freedom, okay? If that's what you want to call them, police. And this ties into what I'm going to be talking in my solutions. What I'm going to be talking about is with the with the walking a tightrope, okay? And <clears throat> now I want to be clear, okay? That we're talking about we we need police. We need to have a situation where we have people that do the police, in quotes, like duties. 
police-like duties and and have freedom at the same time, okay? And what we have to understand is that freedom does not mean peace and vice versa, okay? So when, when once again, let me just take a step back. We need to have the po police, in a society, we need to have police and freedom, and that will lead to peace. And we can have, I, I think we can have a society where we have freedom, where we have people understanding and aligning with uh, the, the non-aggression principle, self-defense principle, getting freedom in a society and have peace as well. But freedom does not mean peace and vice versa. And I've been over that in my, um, in, in, in this natural law, uh, audios, uh, podcasts, um, that freedom does not always mean peace and, and we can have a society that is peaceful and free, but what we have now is a society that is mostly peaceful in a sense, you know, in a sense of civilized docile humans trained like animals, but our society is enslaved. And in some, our society appears peaceful and organized because most people are conducting their daily lives under some form of duress. And I'm, you know, just covering through these bullet points pretty quickly. I'm, I'm just trying to get through this because um, theme two actually ties in with what I'm going to be talking about more in the next upcoming episodes. But I just want to get through this. Most people think that it's not good to commit objective crimes because they will be punished by the criminal justice system. This is actually, actually, this is a major problem because people should know that it is not a right to commit those crimes universally. Also, there is universal punishment for a society that allows and participates in crimes, okay? Uh, allowing legitimate crimes, okay? Unfortunately, people think that no police equals no punishment for crimes, okay? And people don't understand that natural universal laws work regardless of whether we actually punish people in the physical realm here. Um, but just because there's no police doesn't mean that there, that there can't be punishment for crimes. Okay, and <clears throat> I'm all for having a society where we have people that are trained to uh, investigate crimes and find out who commits a crime, a real crime, like murder, say. And the society brings that person, that person, to justice. Okay, I'm not, I have no problem with that. But we have to start understanding in order to have people in our society that do those things and freedom and peace. We have to. No one understand that no one has the right to commit crimes universally and there's punishment in a society for a society that allows crimes to occur and that and that those punishment is as a society becomes more moral that society becomes more enslaved and that happens when people don't understand the uh, non-aggression principle and the self-defense principles okay 
So that's the sum of theme two. And I'm just touching on this because once again, I'm going to be getting more into this when I, when I go into my solutions episodes, but theme two is okay. People in a society are not going to be able to let go of the concept of police. I understand that, but a great start would be wanting police and freedom at the same time, which will create peace. But once again, freedom does not mean that you're going to have peace. Uh, take, for example, the Revolutionary War. Uh, and this is what I mentioned in my you know, beginning podcast. Uh, the colonists in the 1770s there, late 1770s, they declared and acknowledged that they were free, but they were not living in peace. The, the British uh, enforcers and the king did not agree with that. And they were living in freedom, but they were fighting for their lives against enforcers. And why did that happen? Because the British enforcers didn't understand the non-aggression principle and the self-defense principle. If the, Brit if, the British if the British understood these universal principles, there wouldn't have been a war. But, and that's what, ha that's what has to happen in a society. And people look around at our society and they say, hey, our society is peaceful, but it's peaceful, depending on where you are, but um, in America, but for the most part, it is peaceful, even in some of the worst parts of America, but it's peaceful under duress. It's peaceful on the cusp of, 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 you know, every, especially in your inner cities, you, you see things, people doing, doing their normal daily activities and it looks peaceful, but most of, you know, large parts of these societies are on the brink of just a complete, complete rioting and, and explosion. And that's, that's what the rest does. Putting people under duress, they're, they're, there's only a matter of time before they explode. And our society is peaceful and organized because we're all under duress because once again, people, people think that they're not supposed to commit all the various crimes because they're going to get punished for it. And that's a big problem. And we're not going to get freedom in a society with police until people start understanding that there are universal laws uh, of, of human behavior and that we have to align with them. And that universal crimes are, are you know, we don't have a right to commit no one should have a right, imagined right, to commit crimes in a society. You're not going to get freedom in that society. You're going to have police and you're going to have duress and slavery. Because as a society becomes more moral, that society becomes more enslaved. That's a natural law. And I may probably just in the next episode cover this a little bit more in depth. I just wanted to just at least go over this. If I decide not to continue with theme two, 
But once again, we can have police, that's what you want to call them, and freedom as well. But in order to start getting more freedom and attaining more peace, and not the peace that comes from duress, but the peace that comes from true freedom, everyone in our society, including enforcers, as well as citizens, has to understand the non-aggression principle and the self-defense principle. And when we have a society that allows crimes to be committed and calls them different crimes like taxation you get i mean taxation is a euphemism for a robbery and extortion there's universal punishment as a society becomes more moral that society becomes more enslaved so i just wanted to cover that i think i might just touch on that again in the next episode but i'm just trying to get through this Let's move on. So, like I said, most people cannot let go of their need for police and government and human rulership. This is why I will start talking about what I call walking the tightrope. Is there ever a time where it's correct to commit a crime? Is it a crime when a behavior that would normally be a crime against a person who is not, who is not initiating aggression, not be a crime against a person who is initiating aggression? Some stuff to think about. I'm going to break this down more. That's not that's not great grammar. This is, this is not. I'm not writing this to be published in a paper or anything. This is just I'm just writing some things. These are just some things that I'm going to be talking about. And yeah, it's not the greatest grammar, but you know, these are just notes. We have to walk the tightrope between wrong and right in order to have police-like in quotes people in our society and have freedom. And that's where theme two times ties into this. So I might just do a little review of theme two and then go into walking the tightrope. But that's so <clears throat> I'm just going to say real quickly. I'll just go over that again for a second. Is there ever a time where it's correct to commit a crime? Is it a crime when a behavior that would normally be a crime? Okay. Like murder against a person who is not initiating aggression, like murder, not be a crime against a person who is initiating aggression. So is murder murder all the time? When someone's initiating aggression, it's not murder. This is stuff I'm going to go over. I'm running, I, I went well over time. So I'm just, I'm going to start picking this up next week, or next episode.